Welcome to episode 90 of the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. What up? It's Steph. I'm so excited that you're here with me. Hopefully you brought your coffee or your wine and you're ready to learn. I'm excited. I'm going to be interviewing my friend Haley Williams from the Kindled podcast today. And we're going to be talking about, oh my gosh, all kinds of things like finding your voice through hardship and discovering your worth in those dark moments and seasons that seem to just rock you and shake you to your core. And then the ultimate question is, what is God calling you to say? And what are you being pushed to speak about in your life and in your heart that can impact others? It's good. I really, really enjoyed it. Before we dig in, let's read the review of the week. This review is five stars left on iTunes. It's titled Perfect Combo of Action Steps and Inspiration from Angie Trueblood. She says, Stephanie's podcast is perfect for the mom who is growing her business around a family. She provides the perfect mix of action steps and inspiration to motivate and equip her audience. Thank you for pouring into your audience, Stephanie. Well, thank you, Angie. I appreciate you. And friend, if you haven't left a review for the show, pause this episode right now real quick head on over to itunes leave a written review because that's what helps us get higher ratings make an impact on the world attract more mompreneurs to come on over into our community to learn with us grow with us be inspired and it attracts better guests for you amazing interviews and it lights me up so yeah like do it real quick thank you you're the best (laughs) and if you have not Already, you have got to go check out my training, 10 Steps to Starting a Podcast, because y'all, I'm almost at one year of podcasting, and I could have never predicted the insane impact that it would make on my business, my heart, my soul. I've touched so many people in an authentic, genuine way. I've helped people in new ways that I just never had the platform to do before. And it's just incredible. It's amazing to see God work through this podcast. And I started it saying, Lord, let me be your vessel. And that has just proved to be the case. It's just exceeded every expectation in my heart, in my soul, in my finances, in my community. And if you have something to say, especially after listening to this interview, I encourage you to think about starting your own podcast. And I have that free training, 10 steps to starting a podcast. So I'm taking out the worry and taking out the, but how stuff and what would I talk about and what do I need and what equipment and how to, and can you monetize a show? All of those questions will be answered in this training. Okay. So after we're done, go to bookmark right down, put in your iPhone right now to head to bit.ly slash 10 steps to podcasting, the number 10, 10 steps to podcasting. Okay. Dot com. Go there, register for the training, learn because you never know. And I think if we have a voice and we have a story and we have moments in our life that can impact others, we are called, it is our duty to share them. And if we can do that about something we're passionate about in our lives and about building our brand and pouring into other people, everything else is affected. Your bank account, your heart, the friendships that you have, the clients that you start to attract, I'm telling you, like, just trust me, my friend. I'll meet you in the training and let's dig into the interview. What's up, Mama Boss? Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. 
I'm Stephanie Gass, success strategist and passive income queen creator. If you're ready to step into your God-led potential, create profit from your passions, and capture the success that is already yours, this podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at stephaniegass.com. So grab that cup of coffee or fill up that glass of wine and let's dig in to today's show. Today, I am interviewing the amazing Haley Williams, who lives in Kansas City with her husband, Joey, and their two daughters, Isla and Juliet, and they have the third daughter on the way. Haley owns H. Williams Creative, a boutique web and graphic design firm, and she started Kindled Podcast as a way to share her journey of work, motherhood, and engage in meaningful conversations with other women on the topics that make up their every day. Haley is super down to earth, fun, and I just loved our friend to friend, gal to gal conversation today. And I love that it really took a spiritual turn. I think you're going to enjoy it. Hey, bosses. I'm super pumped. I'm sitting here with my friend Haley Williams. You guys heard about her amazingness in the intro. And I'm so excited because I was on Haley's podcast, Kindled, and now she's coming on mine. And we're going to dig into just some really cool topics today. And I think you guys are going to love it. So, welcome, Haley. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, why don't we start with your story? Like, tell us who is Haley and how you kind of got to what you're doing now and a little bit of backstory about you. Okay, perfect. So yeah, as Stephanie said, I'm Haley Williams. I am the wife of one and the mom of 2.5, baby on the way. Um, my Congrats, third girl, by the way. Thank you. So girl number three, we think anyway, is due in November. Yeah, I, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life. You know, the typical like grew up drawing greeting cards at nine, selling them door to door. Um, I say typical because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get an early start, like selling something, you know, to their neighbors who are like, sure, I'll pay you a dollar for this. <laughs> card." Anyway, so I was actually a journalism grad, but after my wedding, I made my own hair piece for my wedding and I made my bridesmaids hair pieces. And at the time Etsy was brand new. It was just kind of getting to get some traction and people were hearing about it, knowing what it was shopping. So I listed a couple of those pieces on Etsy and they sold, they started selling more and more. And I kept relisting them, you know, it's 20 cents to list an item. So I really was just like, uh, what's happening. It's, I had a full-time job in web design, but as I was getting home from work, you know, and married, no kids, I was spending all of my evenings late into the wee morning hours designing these pieces, creating them all by hand, shipping them to people all over the country, and then eventually the world. So that business really was kind of an accident. Um, It wasn't, you know, I didn't ever have a passion for bridal. It wasn't like I set out to join the bridal industry because I had such a passion and and a desire to be in it. It was just like a way to help make ends meet, a way to use some of something that I found that I was good at. And And it was fun. It was like empowering for me to realize like I could use something that I had a skill in to create extra income for my family. Mm -hmm. So I built that business from 2011 to 2018. And in the summer of last year, I sold it. So I, I built that business for seven years. And what I guess, you know, what I would say about that is 
like I said, it was almost an accidental business. Now I obviously worked really hard to build it. So I'm not saying like success just kind of fell into my lap. Like I had to hustle. I had to, I actually brought it to New York bridal market in 2015 and doubled the number of stores I was in. I went from nine to 20 stores around the country that carried the line. Like retail? Um, Retail. Yeah. So bridal shops. So they would sell, you know, to a bride, they would submit a custom order to me or they would sell off the floor, their sample stock pieces. And you were still doing Etsy as well? Yeah. So I was selling direct to consumer on Etsy and through my website and wholesale accounts. Were you still doing just the one product or had you expanded your line? Oh yeah. I had a ton of products. So I had head pieces, um, like the vines, you've probably seen rhinestone like pearly vines, sashes, flower fascinators, flower girl, you know, accent pieces for their hair or for their, their dresses. I mean, just everything That's like garters. So it was really, it was really fun. It was very like, this is awesome. I felt like it's growing way beyond what I expected or desired. And that started to be where the problem came in. Cause I was like, okay, I am one person and I was trying to figure out what, how do I scale it? Like, how do I actually grow? Because I was the bottleneck to my yeah. own, to my own growth. And so I realized that and was like, all right, I have a few options. I can either just bring people on as staff and have them start making, or I can outsource production maybe overseas or right. you know, try and find someone in the U S that would do this, but that's going to cut into my margins a lot. And I just started to get overwhelmed with the entire situation and the whole business. And I, and I think the reason was not because I couldn't have done those things, what, but because I was not truly passionate about the bridal industry. Right. And after having been married for seven years, I was kind of like over that scene, you know, like, <laughs> like when you've been married for a minute, like, I don't want to talk yeah. about weddings anymore. <laughs> right. right. Like, you know, and brides, like the hard thing too, about selling that stuff online, especially on Etsy is like, well, what shade of white diamond, white ivory, bridal, white, classic, white, natural, white. And you're like, oh, I don't know gosh. how to match this to your dress. You know, let me send you samples. And so there's just a lot of logistics to it that were challenging. And I just, I, be, I became aware that although I knew I could have grown it to that next stage, that next level, I realized I didn't want to. Right. And it was kind of a weird feeling because I felt guilty. I was like, I've built this business. I've hustled so hard. I've worked my butt off. And I had even like quit my full-time job by that point And was, this was what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, had my first kid in 2014. I continued to grow the business. And then in 2016, my second daughter was born. And that's when I really felt like the rubber hit the road. And I was like, okay, like I can't keep hacking it. I either need to grow strategically or I need to say goodbye. And I just felt such like inner turmoil over that decision. And so I really struggled with that. And in January of, let's see, 2016, I believe um, the years are fuzzy now, but (laughs) my church had a conference for small group leaders and we were small group leaders and it was all about the Enneagram actually. Um, And so it was like teaching us our number and kind of how that helped us understand interpersonal relationships and dynamics between leadership and members and just relational dynamics, you know, it really was super helpful for me. So I learned I was a three and was this high achiever, very much had a lot of my identity wrapped up in my work, wrapped up in what I could produce and create and kind of put out into the world and be known for. And so it it really started to kind of, I guess, break down this wall that I had built to protect myself with that business of like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing 
wrapping those two things up, the, the what I do is who I am. You know, that was all very intermixed. And so it felt impossible for me to leave that business. But when I was at that conference, I had a, a pretty spiritual experience and really God said to me, like spoke to me, not audibly, but to my mind and heart, you are not your work. And oh. it was that moment, like I literally, that moment, I broke down in tears. It was during worship. And I was just like, yes, that is what I needed to hear. That was the key to unlocking what I felt was like just the gate that I was stuck behind. And so from there, like I started to unpack, okay, well, if I'm not my work, I can do anything. I don't have to run this business. I don't have to even grow this business. I can be done. Like I'm free to walk and I'm free to rethink what might I be passionate about and what might I really want to do with my life, if not this. And so that kind of began like my pursuit of what is next and, you know, what do I really want to be doing and, and how do I want to be living my life? And so what did that bring you to? Like, what are you doing today? Yeah. So I sold that You're business. You're growing a baby, first of all. <laughs> yes, another daughter. Yeah. So I sold that business and I started thinking about what I really loved. And through the process of growing and building a business, I had found that I really loved helping other people do the same thing. And I kind of am one of those people that I'm always trying to tell my friends to like raise their prices if they're doing photography on the side, like, Hey, you should be charging double. And then all the other friends who are having them take their family portraits are like, stop telling her that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I realized like what I really love is engaging with women, sharing my story, hearing theirs, finding ways that I can help them strategize or, you know, figure out a better marketing plan. I, I had that journalism background. So writing was a big piece for me, you know, telling my story was a big piece. And then I'm also a self-taught web designer. So I have that digital marketing side that was, I was able to kind of help people figure out how to market their brand online. And so that is kind of what I started pursuing, thought that that would mean coaching, which is kind of a natural fit for my personality. But I built a course, launched that, did that, and really enjoyed it, but also found there were pieces of it I didn't love. And some of the pieces were just maybe being more of the like on-call educator every single week in, week out, because I launched it as a live training type situation where yes. we were ongoing for like eight weeks. And Haley and I dissected that on her episode. So if you guys yes. want to hear us talk about that, you have to listen to that episode of her show because we really dug into her course and maybe why that wasn't the right fit for her business model yeah. and her personality type, right? Yes. And it was so helpful. So I got some free coaching from Stephanie, which was great. <laughs> you know, and coaches need coaches. So it was yeah. really helpful. But really where I landed, I guess, from all of that was realizing like I wanted to serve women. I wanted yeah. to serve women like me. I wanted to serve women who were moms, who were working, who were multi-passionate, who had all kinds of things to bring to the table and offer, but maybe just needed, needed someone to either talk to or help them get some clarity. And so what that ended up looking like was a podcast. And, you know, I didn't have any experience as most podcasters don't in that world. Obviously as a journalism major, I did have experience interviewing people. So that was kind of helpful, but I like briefly mentioned the idea to my husband at one point, like a year and a half, two years ago. And I was like, you know, maybe that would be a fun way for me to just get like to get to talk with people and really just unpack. And I'm a verbal processor. So I need to have those conversations to understand what I'm thinking or what yeah. I believe. And he like went on Amazon and ordered me a microphone that night. So I didn't even know. So that showed up at our house and he's like, here you go, you're doing it. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. But, <laughs> you know, that led me to take some imperfect and early action. 
I wasn't ready. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know. I didn't have an editorial schedule for six months out. I just knew what I could do for my first episode. And that was on identity because that had been the key for me in getting to my next step, which was knowing who I am, which is not my work. So that really was kind of, I just like almost used my own journey as a roadmap for what I would talk about on the show. And I'm still doing that. And it's been a year and a half. That's so cool. And you know, I really want to talk about that for a second, Haley, because I went through the same thing. Like, I think it's being a three on the Enneagram, being an achiever. Mm -hmm. And from a young age, all the recognition you get is tied to good grades. Oh, when you achieve, this is when you get, you know, applause. And as little girls, we internalize that so much. And so I guess I just want to, let's dig into that a little bit more. Like when you are finding your identity through your work and then you turned that work off. Cause I did the same with network marketing. I went through like the, one of the darkest seasons in my life mm-hmm. trying to understand, well, if my worth isn't my work, what is my worth? Like, did you go through a dark season at, of trying to find yourself? And what tips do you have for the moms listening that are in that season? Yeah, I would say, gosh, it, it gets fuzzy, but I remember just like I said, that the internal tension and turmoil of, I really felt so tied to this because I had gotten so much accolades and I was just known as the bridal girl, the bridal accessories girl. And that's kind of a fun reputation and it's a fun industry to be in. And so I was like, well, who am I without that? Like, am I still myself? Like, am I still fun or am I like, am I just like, now I don't know who I am or what to do. And so that there was a period for sure where I was like, I need to rediscover but I think it really forced me into my you know, relationship with God to ask him those questions. Like, what do you think of me? Not just what do I think of myself, because that's where I was so driven from. Like, I think that I am good or worthy or excellent because I'm good at this or because people like this or they, they see what I beautiful. Yeah. And it's pride. Yeah. And and I didn't want to see it as pride. I just really thought it's almost like you can tell yourself, this is my gift. This is my gifting. But if we become so obsessed with the gift, then it does become pride and it actually stops becoming a gift and it starts becoming a curse. And is it our gift or is it his gift? Right. And I I did the same. It was like, oh, I made this work. It's my rank. It's my income. It's my... And that's like, whoa, like Nellie, sit down. Like it's actually not yours. It was his gift to you. And it was just a short-term experience because he had a bigger plan, right? Right. And it was, it was almost like I wanted to cling on to that as though it was my permanent, that was it. That was all he had to give me was just this one thing. Instead of seeing like, no, his plans for me were way bigger, like way beyond that. And if I had clung to that, I mean, and I clung to it for a few months and was just like, I don't know, should I sell it? Can there, is there another way? Finally, just, you know, really release that to him. And if I had not, like I would have never been able to step into the other things I'm now doing because I wouldn't have had the margin. Like my time was sucked up with that business. So yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that early and imperfect action of even in fear, like stepping out in fear, going scared, going afraid, going aware that yes, I was going to lose that monthly income of those sales on Etsy and wholesale. And I knew what that looked like and it was significant but that it wasn't where my heart was. And so I knew if I'm living like out of alignment with my own heart, like I don't even want to be that person. That's just an inconsistent way to live. And I knew that that would not lead to a good place. So I I started to feel that way and was just like, I can't do it. You know, I can't, 
I can't fake it. You know, um, equal happiness, right? It's like we both had that experience. Like just because you're making money and you're successful as far as the bank account is concerned, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean your heart is feeling successful and that your soul is feeling fueled. Yeah. And I even had people ask me, like people who are in business, like, so wait, why can't you just be the one to grow it? Like you're ready to grow, right? You could grow more. And I was like, yes, I could, but it's not going to be me. I don't want to take it there. I just don't want to. And a lot of people don't understand that. And it doesn't make sense to the world because it's not a worldly way of thinking. It's like, Hey, you built this business. Now you're ready to scale. Now you're ready to, you know, pour some influx of cash and then you can jump to the next level. And I just was like, yes, I understand all that. I just don't want to be the one to do it. And I think you have to get a little bit separated from, you have to separate yourself a little bit from all those voices that are telling you all the things that are possible or all the things that you could do. And they're so strategic and seem very wise and just really ask yourself and God, like, is that really what I want? And is that what you are calling me to? Because if you don't have peace, that's a huge red flag. And I did not have peace. Yeah. I think I love that idea too. And that tip of get in line with what God wants for you first, because if you're in line with your calling and you finally open your mouth and we're going to talk about, you have something you want to talk about when it comes to speaking out and you ask him to show you the way the door is open, the people appear, the clients are there, the money comes like, Mm -hmm. you know, I never started, I'm sure you either the podcast and went, I'm starting this podcast to make millions of dollars. It was like, no, I'm starting this podcast to be a vessel for whatever God wants me to say. Yeah. And when I finally just totally like sacrificed my ego, my wants, my will on the project, and I let him take control of it, all the doors open, including financial. Yeah. And you don't get to see like 10 steps ahead in the future. So although I'm telling this story from like hindsight and I can tell you all the things that happened and at the time, all I knew was I can't keep going. So what's my next thing? What's the next right thing for me to do? And that was to find a place to sell my business. So I found a website called bizbysell.com and listed the website online. And within two weeks, I had three inquiries from local buyers, entrepreneurs, people who had cash laying around and were like looking for a business. And I had multiple meetings and I found someone that was a great fit who I knew I'd like working with in the transition. And you know, and so that was my first step. And then the next step was, okay, now I'm done with that, that transition phase. You know, now I can actually pour my time and energy into this thing over here. So you don't get to see the end you, but you do have to take a step to get to the next thing early and imperfect action, stepping out in faith and just trusting that you are not in charge of the outcome, you know? And that was a beautiful thing that I have learned is that I am responsible for the obedience and he's responsible for the outcome. And he always provides the outcome when I'm obedient. So it doesn't always mean financial blessing above and beyond everything, but it always means enough for me. It's I've never been in a spot where he has not provided. So um, it's really grown my faith a lot. Same. So let's talk about speak and Mm -hmm. your vision here and kind of this call you've had to help women like find their voice. Talk to me about like speak and what that means to you. Yeah. Well, I think speaking is a word that strikes fear in the heart of a lot of women. You know, we, we think of like public speaking or having to get up in front of our class or high school class and read our paper or whatever it might be. We all kind of have like an early experience with that because we have to do it at some point in school or college. 
and it just sends your blood pressure skyrocketing and heartbeats pounding in your ears. And everyone knows that feeling where you're like, my face is pounding in my, in red. And you're like, everyone knows I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, but I think that there's a few things that we're kind of missing. Speaking gets a bad rap and it's not unfair that it does, but I think the, the most beautiful thing about what speaking does is that it actually opens us up and it, it actually kills fear. Like stepping out and even in the face of that, it has to kill the fear. Now, there's a lot of reasons that people don't want to. They're afraid of their reputation being hurt. Or like, it, let's just say, for instance, like if your friends are all in a conversation with something controversial, you might kind of hang back and be quiet because you don't want to look wrong or you don't want someone to disagree with you or be unliked or get rejected. And we're all guilty of that. We all kind of tend to maybe like stay within ourselves or maybe not all of us, but a lot of us do. But I think that's largely the fear of man, not the fear of God that is causing us to not speak. And that brings us to a place that you just really don't want to be a place that you are not again in alignment with who you are. And so I think like as, especially as a believer, you know, I kind of believe the world is like, in a sense, not my home, it's hostile territory. I should never be seeking to feel completely comfortable here or completely well-liked and completely accepted. That's not the promised land for me. It's not that isn't my ultimate like belief or my ultimate goal is to just be like well-liked and accepted here. And so I think now I'm going to qualify this, but I think it's okay for us to rock the boat a little bit. Now I do not mean being unkind or speaking in hate or being rough or throwing people overboard with your words. That's not what I mean, but I mean, you might ruffle some feathers when you have an opinion, when you speak out, when you say something, when you share your story, when you say like, this is what God has done in my life. Well, here's, you know, like for me, like here's what I want with this business. I want to not be the one to build it. And I'm sure there are people who are like, you're an idiot. That's crazy. judgment. Yeah, absolutely. But if I had just stayed silent and docile and lay low, just tried to not like, you know, not caused any splash, like where would I be? I I can't even picture and I don't really want to know where I would be. But I I guess I just think that we're kind of expecting too little of God and we're, we're asking too little of him, too little of boldness, too little of courage and too little of grace to speak out in love. And that's, that's the key is that we need to speak in love. I think a lot of us are walking around kind of keeping our mouths shut and our hands busy and our eyes down. And we're just trying to get through life. And I don't think that that, that, you know, I don't think that that brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. I don't think that that's like Revelation says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And I think sometimes we can love our lives so much that we're so obsessed with our lives. Like we were saying, our dream, our desires, that we think that that's the ultimate, the final, the best when really like God's dreams for you are so much bigger. Um, and his plan for you is so much bigger. So, so yeah, I love that. Like, they triumphed by the word of their testimony. So for me, what that's been looking like is actually sharing my story, like sharing pieces of my story that are hard, that are controversial, that people, you know, that I probably used my testimony to spread love and light to other people. And although it's controversial and although not everybody is going to want to be my BFF, I think that God is doing a really big work in me through just asking me to step out in faith that He's going to do the work. Again, he's responsible for outcomes. I am not the Holy Spirit. I am not here to convict hearts. I am not here to change minds. I am just here to be obedient. So all I have to do is step out and speak. All I have to do is say the words. 
I don't have to worry about the outcome. I don't, I'm not in charge of the outcome, you know? And so that's the thing, right? Like it's not on me. And you know, I heard someone talking about this in regards to street evangelism recently. Now I do not personally do street evangelism, but you know, there was this guy who was saying he does it and he gets asked all the time, is that really effective? Is that really effective? And he was like, you know, it's not my concern if it's effective. I've just been asked to speak. The re- that the Ooh. outcome is on God. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, that okay. like, yeah, roasted. I mean, <laughs> I really oh, was gosh. like, that's good. I mean, that is so you know, good. Doesn't mean every single person out there listening is called to go stand on the street corner. No. I'm not saying that, but you are not asked to be responsible for the outcome. You are asked to be obedient. And so for me, that obedience has been the most transformative thing in my heart because it not only changes me, or I should say it not only changes others, but it changes me. So again, I'm not responsible for that outcome, but I know God has worked in the lives of people because they've told me, they've emailed me, they've sent me messages on Instagram, like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for sharing that. I didn't know there was anyone else like, and just yeah. being able to connect that way and to go, okay, God, like you are doing something with this. And I had no idea. And I didn't even necessarily expect you to. I just was like, I feel compelled that this is the next thing. Like I said, the next right thing for me to do is yeah. to share. And in doing that, he's really shown himself faithful that I am on the right track there. Totally. And so ladies, like if you're feeling, and I think, you know, like I can feel in my heart, Haley, when it's like, gosh, I should talk about this. This thing is bothering me. Or I'm seeing these women like constantly bashing their bodies and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like I should say something about this. And like, you sit on it for a while. Cause you're like, but should I, like, should I actually go there? And when you, and I finally did like a couple months ago, I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm just going to fricking talk about the breast implants. I'm going to talk about the mommy tummy. Like, I don't care because every other, everyone else out there is dealing with this. And when you finally go over the line and like, bear your soul and bear those vulnerabilities. It's like this huge pressure is taken away from you because it's almost like, Oh, are you going to hold that secret in sister? Are you going to put it out into the world so that other people can learn from that? So I've had that same experience recently. And it's so interesting that you say, you know, you just felt compelled to start sharing. So I think like the ladies listening, you know, you've got a story, you have got those dark seasons. Maybe you're in one right now. And you feel like I can't share it because people will take, you know, not take me seriously or I won't look like a success story, but there's someone else out there that if you do share it, you're impacting their life. And and how can you, you're almost doing a disservice to your heart and to your mission by keeping that to yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of times we, we kind of all, you know, we all are just navel gazing. We are all looking at ourselves. We're, I mean, everybody is more worried about themselves than everybody else. Right. You walk into a room, you're thinking, what are they thinking of me? But everybody else is thinking the same thing. And so the reality is you speaking is not actually about you. Like, even though you are telling your story, you might be speaking from experience or sharing a situation or something happened to you to try to relate to someone. It's ultimately the the spotlight is not all on you because that person is hearing that and they might be hearing, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. They might be sensing relief or hearing for the first time, another woman verbalize what they have thought thousands of times. And so like permission to feel it or to say it or to speak it. And so I just think we can go, the pressure is off. It's not all about you. We need to all just knock those egos and that pride down a little bit and go, if I'm so stuck and so frozen and unable 
to be myself and to be real and to be honest, maybe I need to, maybe I need to get a little wider perspective here and realize that like this whole life, this whole story is not all about me. I'm not at the center of the universe, mine or anybody else's. And and I shouldn't be. And that does take the pressure off because it's like, it's okay. It's actually okay. If you say, Hey, I totally screwed up and I messed up really big because guess what? You aren't supposed to be perfect anyways. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. He didn't. Why? Like, why did Jesus come if he wants us to be perfect? So, um, yeah. So I think it's, it, it's just, it's kind of taking yourself less seriously, which is hard for people like me who are like so intense and so, um, driven and really want people to think I'm doing a great job and really want everyone to have this awesome perception of me. It's hard for me sometimes to just step out in honesty and be like, yeah, I'm not that awesome. You know? <laughs> and, um, but it's, it's good for me. It's really good for me. I'm the same. I think it's that three mentality, but I feel mm-hmm. so much more relief now that I'm like, I can just breathe and be me. And I don't have to have the shiny, like, oh, I'm so successful and everything is perfect all the time. And I never make mistakes and my family is perfect. And it's like, get real. Like, I think when you get raw and real and you start to share what God wants you to share, it's just liberating, like on so many levels. So, and it draws a different type of person to you. It draws the The right person. person Yeah. And so I, I think sometimes it's, you need to ask yourself, are you longing to be right more than you are to be loving? Are you longing to be right? or viewed as right or viewed as perfect or viewed as like flawless because you're not willing to really actually step out and be honest or be vulnerable in any way about where you're at, where, how you're struggling, how your marriage is, how frustrated you get with your kids, how you made mistakes in your past, you know, experiences, whatever that might be for you. Are you more concerned with being right and being perceived of being this, like this spotless example of a woman than you are with being loving. And, and I think we speak the truth in love and that's how we love people. Yeah. This has been amazing. What a good conversation, Haley. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom yeah. with us and your story with us and your inspiration. So tell the gals, how can they find you? Yeah. Well, I hang out the most on Instagram. I don't know about you, but yeah, same. Uh, you can find me at HaleyWilliams.Kindled. And then I am also on Facebook, of course, and if you go to kindledpodcast.com, that's where you'll find all the episodes and all that good stuff, Facebook community, all of that. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Haley. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Hello. That was so fun. I hope you loved it as much as me. And I want to challenge you to think about what are you being called to say? Is God tugging on you to open your mouth and share a story that's hard, that's embarrassing, that's going to make you feel vulnerable? Are you worried about what people are going to think? Remember, he has got your back and what other people think of you is legit none of your business, right? So I encourage you to step out, say the words that need to be said, share the stories that need to be shared and impact the lives that you're called to impact. You have more power than you know. I'm cheering for you. I'm sending you so much love, light and courage today, my friend. And I just want to say thank you for being my friend, for being such an amazing asset to this community, and for being a world changer, because that is exactly what you are. As always, love and light, Steph. If you like Mama's show, leave a review. Pretty peace. 
Hey mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, take a screenshot for me, post it up in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me because together we can empower, educate, and shift the way that mamas look at life because sister friend, we actually can have it all. Let's claim it.